0: everybody having a good summer? Everyone's having a good summer? That's good. Uh, Who's doing anything fun? What are you doing way back there? (laughs) We'll go somewhere else. You're going out? California? Wow, that's amazing. Fishing? Anybody doing any uh, water skiing? People used to always water ski. I don't see that so much anymore. Are you water skiing? Oh, praise God. That's that's amazing. Next. Amen. That would be fun. On a, and you're going to Africa. Wow. That's going to be amazing. Lord, just bless her as she gets ready for that trip. I know God's going to... You're going you're gonna to meet the Lord on that trip in a new way. You, you're a strong Christian, you know the Holy Spirit, but God's going to speak to you in a new way. There's been something stored up in your heart that you've been longing for, and God's going to unveil that, He's going to speak to you in a fresh new way, and you watch what happens when you go. I'll just give you that. All right. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles. We're going to have some fun here. I'm going to talk about, and I was praying about this a lot. And I was going through a number of different subjects, and uh, the Lord kept drawing me into this, so we're going we're gonna to go for it, we're going to have fun with this, and I think God's going to stretch you and speak to you. Um, we're going to talk about authority, humility, and truth. Authority, humility, and truth. Uh, one more time. We're going to talk about authority, humility, and truth. Sometimes we want to move in tremendous authority. We want to move a mountain. We want to cast out a demon. We want to do those things and see God move powerfully. And I do too. Authority, but then we have this area that we don't like to look at sometimes called humility and truth. How many know that we need some truth today? Did you know that the television? I don't want to say it's evil and all that, because it's just a box. It's just a screen. I grew up with television, you know, it was black and white. I had a nice black and white TV later on in high school in my room. I thought I was the coolest guy in high school. It had aluminum foil on each of the uh, antennas. And depending on the day, I had to move the antennas a certain way to pick up reception for my one channel. But there is a barrage happening through the airwaves to program your children and yourself to believe a certain way. We have a famine of truth. And when somebody stands up with truth, it's like the world is shocked and they're in awe. They're like, oh my goodness. And they feel truth uh, reverberate on the inside of them. The word of God is unshakable. It is the bedrock. It is the truth. And the truth is the only thing that will set you free and change our nation. Amen? So we're going to talk about authority, humility, and truth. You guys okay? Let's go to James 5.16. You guys remember this one? We're going to start in 15. Uh, I, I went through this last year. So many times that somebody even uh, where's Hannah? She gave me a a cup that she made that had James five sixteen on it. So, so I wouldn't forget the verse, I guess. So uh, James five six. Uh, let's start with fifteen. Are you ready? Open your Bible. Remember, the Bible is the truth. We need truth in our life. We don't need just philosophy. We need truth. You know, I do a lot of marriage counseling. I do a lot of personal counseling. Churches send people here to receive counseling, marriage counseling, deliverance, all kinds of things. That happens all the time. And many times when I'm counseling an individual, the Lord will say, just speak the truth. Speak some scripture and watch what happens. So I find a scripture that applies to their situation and it cuts to the heart and it separates the argument and reveals that sliver on the inside that's truly causing the issue. Truth can do that. You ever notice sometimes in the world today, they want to pull you into a debate How you feel about this issue or how you feel about that issue. And, and through debate, they're trying to get you to slant over on their side. And the problem is it never stops there. They're going to they're pull, pull you a little further. And then they're going to pull you a little further. And then they're going to pull you a little further. And the truth is this. The more you, you slide down that slope, the more you're going to begin to walk in darkness. The only true happiness, the only true joy is when I'm walking in the truth and I'm right with God. One scripture said this let every man, let God be true and every man a liar. I want a blessed life. How many wants a blessed life? I want a blessed life. The blessings of God are based upon the truth. The bedrock, the very foundation, the Word of God. How many have a Bible? I would, I would suggest that you start out your day, before you start your car, before you put your toothbrush in your mouth, you read the Scripture. We say, oh, I love God. Love looks like something, amen? Amen. Read the scripture, let it wash you on the inside, let it wash your mind, let it cleanse you, let it begin to point your feet. You know, when you golf, you lined your feet up, I'm such a pro golfer, I I golfed with Brian a few times, he won't ask me to go anymore because I beat him so bad, Brian Keeler, and uh, Lord, forgive me for lying. But what you do is you line up your feet, and you can actually put the club on the ground and line up, and it'll point to where the ball's going to go. If one foot is this way, then it's going to go that way. If if one foot is this way, it's going to go that way. Unless you're me, that's always going to go that way anyways. (laughs) But if you line up your life with the truth, your life is going to go the right way. Amen? Let's get back to this. James 5, 15. Are you ready? It says, and the prayer, this is the amplified version. You ready? And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will restore him, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. This is talking about the church. This is talking about you and I. And the prayer of faith, say faith. Now, it's easy to to run to the medicine bottle. That's fine. I'm glad that we have medicine. But sometimes we forget the power of faith. We'll save the sick, and the Lord will restore him. And if he's committed sin, he will be forgiven. Now, watch this. This is 16. We're going somewhere. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, and your sins. Confess to one another. Say, confess to one another. Why does it say that? Confess your sins to one another. Confess those things. People will come sometimes and they'll, they'll confess some, some horrible, heinous thing that they did, and they cannot get free of that thing. They've tried to even confess it to the Lord. Sometimes we can do that and it works fine. But sometimes we need to go to some leader, someone that you can trust, and confess those things because it's a sign of humility unto the Lord. And the Bible says that uh, What does it say? It says, God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace. He gives what? Grace. He gives what? Grace. To the humble. It's so powerful to be humble. If you want to be strong in the Spirit, I mean, you want to cast out demons and be a man of God or a woman of God and and move mountains in the Spirit, and you you want to raise the dead... You want to do those things that you read about. But you're not willing to go low and be humble. You'll never get there. I've had people come and say they need deliverance, and many people do. I've had I can share deliverance stories for hours. I've had people's eyes turn red. One guy's eyeballs turn just like a a snake, you know, where they have the the diamond-shaped pupil kind of thing. And I thought that was weird. They didn't teach me that in Bible college. It's like, hmm. Another lady came one time. She was suicidal. She had been all messed up into all kinds of things. I went to pray for her, and the Lord says she's going to get really cold. She's wrestling with a suicide spirit. And when you pray for her, the power of God's going to come on her. She's going to be delivered. So I said to her, I said, you're wrestling with suicide. I said, you've made all these mistakes. I began to share with her the things the Lord showed me about her life. Her lips turned blue. She began to shake like she was freezing cold, fell out of her chair, laid on the ground, and the power of God came on her and she was completely delivered. Amen? I think we need that back in the church. Pride cometh before a fall. Judas, when he went... And he began to negotiate with the Pharisees. And they were trying to convince him in his mind. And slowly he began to come over, and pride began to come in and justify in his behavior. You ever been there? You ever justify your behavior? And then later on, he's with Jesus, and... uh, Jesus said, you know, he took the morsel and he said, whoever eats this. And why would you betray him then? Why why wouldn't you like run? Why don't you do something? But it says that he had already contemplated those things in his heart. And now this was the action. And when that action began to, when he began to turn his heart, it says Satan filled his heart. Satan filled his heart. Satan filled his heart. Pride is always a doorway to destruction. If you want to heal a relationship, a friendship, get out of pride and get into humility. Humility is the shortest distance to restoration. Humility, say humility. Now we're talking about authority. We're talking about, you know, What am I talking about? Authority, humility, and truth. Say truth. So humility is always the shortest distance to restoration. I want God to restore a friendship, but I don't want to go low. You know, a lot of times when there's problems between you and a friend, if you go to them and you start saying all the things you did wrong, and you just, you just go to them and you take them by the hand and say, you know what? I owe you an apology. I haven't been the friend that I need to be. I haven't been the, the, the person in your life that you were hoping for. I am sorry I did this, I did that, I did this. And even if you're really not that much in fault, you go and you sit and you be humble. What do you think happens in their heart? They begin to open up and say, well, wait a minute, I've been wrong too. And they start confessing their junk. And God begins to heal through the path of humility. Say humility. Humility Humility is the shortest distance to restoration. If you have a son or a daughter that's wayward, you can't beat them back to the gospel. Amen? It's a humble and loving path, and it's a path of faith and warfare, but humility. I don't like to go low. Sometimes it wars against my flesh, but it's always profitable. You ever go to court? You go and you dress all nice, you wear a big watch and this and that, and you know, and you get in there and you look as pompous as can be like you are, you are in charge. That judge is going to hate you instantly. <laughs> he's going to be like, who is this pompous guy? But you go in and, and uh, you know, you need to look nice. But go in and, and you're humble and you're meek and you're teachable and you're respectful. That judge, he's instantly, he's like, I like this guy. I'm going to bend the rules for this guy. Humility has tremendous power in the spirit. I like when Jesus was put up and they were trying to accuse him of all these things. And the Bible says he could have have said anything to defend himself. And he's articulate, he's intelligent, he is is God in the flesh. But he said he opened not a word. Good Lord, the humility, but the humility, but also the tremendous authority and power. Can you say amen? Confess your faults one to another, your false steps, your slips, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another that you might be healed. I'd like everybody to take somebody right now by the hand. Come on, I don't even if you don't know them just somebody. Come on, just everybody. Just take somebody. Just say, Lord, heal everything in their life in Jesus' name. Come on. You can say that. Now, here's the thing. Keep going in 16. It says, the earnest, the heartfelt, continual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. The earnest, being sincere, heartfelt, continual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It's not arrogant and flashy, it's humble and grounded on the word. That man, when he prays, he can bring the rain. Guys, okay? Are you with me? Then it goes into an example here that that Paul writes in in James. He gives this example. He says, uh, James wrote, uh, uh, Elijah, it says in 17, Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. He had feelings. How many here have feelings? Affections. How many have affections? And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years. Sounds like our summer. Now all of a sudden we'll get three years of rain in you know a weekend. Verse 18. But here's the then. I love the then. And then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops. So Elijah was a man in right alignment with God. Now, he he went through some emotional junk. He went through some hardship. But he went away, he got that stuff right. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to get that stuff right. Get some counseling get deliverance, amen, get some freedom, whatever, get the heart right, and then God began to use him again powerfully after that time. His prayers actually caused rain to come in. He said it was just a man like you and I, except for he knew something that maybe we don't. He knew how to get a hold of God. He knew the things that caused Faith to operate and authority. Elijah knew his authority. I remember one time I was at work back when I was in the software world. And uh, I loved that that time. That was a lot of fun. We traveled and we worked with big companies and we did their databases. And I loved sitting there. We talked to their engineers and we'd map out these Big, complicated systems, and we had to have security so people couldn't steal their data. and And it was just it sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? I did. I remember my wife saying, "Now, what do you do again?" <laughs> it's still, it's still asking me that. I remember one time I sold this big computer system, uh, software system with labeling. Uh, so they could label all their boxes in a distribution center. And uh, it was a a nice sale, and and we had all all the engineers write everything custom for them, and we tested it, and then I went to the customer. I drove all the way there, and and I had all the equipment, and uh, we had engineers that did a lot of this, but I didn't mind doing it myself, too. I kind of enjoyed it. So we we had everything set up, and uh, there it is. They're so excited. They had their engineer come in from Minnesota, uh, their head engineer from a, uh, their software company. And we get all done and I'm, I'm going to look really good. And there I am. I'm, I'm the salesman of the year. I'm, I'm the guy that sold the big system and going to change their company because everything's going to work better than it ever did. And uh, we get all done and, and the president is there and I'm there, and there's software guys right there. And we shut the system down, have to reboot it, and we boot it back up. And you can hear the servers clicking, and the computers all clicking, and everything powers up. And we go to scan something, and nothing will work. I'm thinking my commission is shrinking. That was embarrassing. It all worked. It worked. It all worked. I'm like, good Lord. Now in the flesh, I could get grumpy, and then I could pretend to call one of my engineers and pretend to like really give him a, you know, a hot ear. I said, you know what? I need to go outside and make some calls. I go outside, and there I am. I'm walking this big parking lot. And they, they said they were going to go for lunch, so they took off. I'm out there, and people are looking at me. And, I, and I'm actually not calling anybody. I have the phone to my ear, and I'm like, Oh, God! You told me to work here! It was you! You put me in this spot! I'm embarrassed. And I'm out there and I'm praying. and I'm saying, God, everything should work fine. Every, everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. And I'm out there praying and praying. And I'm seeking the Lord. I say, oh, God. This is how you heal technical issues, by the way. <laughs> I said, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I said that. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on me in the parking lot. And I thought, oh, no, what is he going to have me do? <laughs> he said, I want you to go in there, and I want you to lay hands on that system, and I want you to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to work. <laughs> right. Cause that's the answer, right? That's the answer. Remember, we were in Haiti and our brakes were going out, and uh, we we're calling people, and we we're up in the mountain area, and and one of the Haitians in the back of the SUV says, uh, "Why don't you guys pray for it?" And I remember thinking, "Oh, that's right, <laughs> we did." And then we had enough brakes to get us through the whole trip. Isn't that crazy? Jake, you were there. Remember that? That was <laughs> that was the trip of a lifetime. That was beyond anything. So I'm in the parking lot. I said, God, you want me to go in that big office area of their warehouse and lay hands on that system and command it to work in the name of Jesus? He said, yeah. I need to look like I have integrity. I need to look like I'm in control. And we're not relying on mystic forces to help us, but our intellect. <laughs> so I go in and I said, leprechauns are gonna fix it. <laughs> and I said, okay, God. So I put away my phone. It's amazing how many times you dial God in a day. So I go in, and there I am. I'm walking in, and I'm like, whew, glory. A lot of people are still at work or at at lunch. They're all at lunch. Not everybody. There were still some of the office ladies in there or whatever, and I thought, "I, I don't know why I'm so embarrassed, Lord, but you told me to do this. So I'm pretending to pray and I'm actually waiting for more people to leave. And it was like the Lord was saying, "Get on with it." So I'm I'm walking over to where the servers are and <sighs> How you doing? is the president here? No, he's at lunch. Oh, good. Praise God. We're going to pray. Is the software engineer here? No, he's gone. Oh, praise God. Lay my hands on that thing. And I started to take authority. I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this system. And I command it to work in Jesus name. That's all I said. I said what he said to say. And that's what I said over it. I powered the system down and I powered it up. I went back to the test station and I scanned a box, and it printed perfectly. Sometimes humility is a key to a miracle. I don't know what those office ladies were thinking, but I'm sure glad it worked, because now I don't care. Humility is a key, amen? Works in marriage, works in relationships, it works for praying for the sick, it works in casting out demons. If I'm weak, I'm strong. If I'm humble, I'm powerful. You guys okay? Your prayer life will increase your power life. Your prayer life, it takes humility to have a prayer life, by the way. It does. I have to do what the flesh doesn't want me to do. That means I have to be humble. I'm humble because I'm doing what I don't want to do under the Lord. And when I do it every day, I become extremely powerful in the Lord. Your prayer life will increase your power life. Your obedience will increase your authority. Say obedience. Yeah, your obedience. The more obedience that you walk in, you have authority when you get saved, but you won't utilize that authority accordingly or properly until you learn obedience. I had to be obedient to do what he told me to do, and that triggered a release. Pride will bring resistance to your power. Humility will bring grace and increase to the power and authority on your life. You guys hear me? Yeah. Humility will bring grace or increase into your power and authority that God is wanting to give you, that He's trying to open up in your life. So pride is a destroyer. Pride is something that is going to captivate the heart with a lie and pull you into a place that you never intended to be. And it can happen to any one of us. Ephesians 6 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, say strong, yeah. and in the power of his not might, not my might. See, it's talking about humility again. It's not, it's not my strength. It's not by my might. It's by His Spirit, says the Lord. Remember that scripture? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So is the devil attacking your marriage? Is he attacking your finances? Is he attacking your home? your ministry, your cell group, whatever it is, it says here the key is not to get angry and frustrated. Go veg and watch Netflix. It says here, it says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We need to return back to that. I need to get strong again in His power. I need to go to a retreat. I need to go get a sozo, deliverance, spend time with some godly people. I need to do what I need to do to get healthy again so I can stand. And I need to return back to the living truth. Amen? Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles Of the devil, do not wrestle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you might be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. It's a powerful thing when you get to that point, when you've been in a storm in your life. But he's saying, get back to the power of God, get back to the truth of God, and then you firmly stand. And it's a picture of the Roman soldiers. Some of them would have these big shields, and they would stab them into the ground, and they would put their knee and their shoulder into them, and they would make a wall of shields That the enemy would try to come and run and penetrate, but it was like running into a wall until the enemy would get uh, frustrated and then the troops behind them would begin to run through and take on the enemy and win. But you're not going to win until we learn to get filled with the power of God and the truth of God and be humble and lean in and watch what happens to that storm. Watch what happens to that attack. It'll get frustrated and it'll quit, it'll stop, and you will win. Say, I'll win. win. I'd like you to say that again. Say, I will win. win. Not by my might, say that, Not not by my might, not by my strength but by His power, by His Spirit. The church is powerful. The church has authority. You are powerful. You have authority. And one of the lies of the devil is, it it comes and he says it won't work for you. It'll work for Pastor Jake, but it won't work for you. That's a big lie of the devil. We have tremendous authority as men and women of God. The Bible says that you are given power from on high. When you ask the Holy Spirit to come, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The dunamis power of God comes upon your life. That means a divine enablement awakened on your life. A divine enablement came from heaven, just like Jesus when he was baptized and he was brought up out of the water. And it says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and there was power on his life. The same word for the power that came upon Him is the same word when it says power will come upon you. The same power that Jesus had is the same power you have. The difference is He knew it, you don't. Say divine enablement. I have divine enablement through the Holy Spirit. I was in Brazil not too long ago, a month ago or so, and we had 18,000 people there. I've shared this. But it's so impactful. Um, I was up there. We were given words of knowledge. We were praying for the sick. There were people that had been completely blind. One lady had white eyeballs. Can you imagine white eyeballs? No pupil, no retina. Could see nothing, could see no light, could see nothing, had to be led around. She got in a line. Uh, uh, an older lady uh, looked up and seen her, and she thought, oh, my Lord. And she thought, well, you healed the girl before her. Maybe you will do that again. And so she thought, I'm just going to close my eyes and put my hands on her. And She began to pray, and not much happened. Prayed again. Prayed. About the third time she prayed, the lady started feeling warmth come out of her eyes. And she began to feel the presence of God. Begin to, and She was shaking, and the presence of God began to touch her, and pretty soon she was seeing light. And next thing you know, she's seeing a little more. And the lady looked into her eyes, and she could see the outline of a retina. Then she could see the outline of the, of the iris, and the colors began to come in. And within about 15 minutes, the woman was completely restored, and she had color back in her eyes. Say amen. That's the authority and the, that's the power that God has for the church. And that needs to happen in your cell group. The same God that will do it here, there will do it here. Amen. Say amen. amen. Dunamis means divine enablement. When I understand that when I receive the Holy Spirit that I have a divine enablement on my life. Samson never did the miracles that he did through his own flesh. He was probably some, some, who knows, limp wrist, noodle arm, tiny little Joe. But when the Spirit of God came on him, he could kick tail. Amen? Amen. Why? It was the Spirit of God that did it. It wasn't him. Say power. Power. We have power or divine enablement through the Spirit of God, and we have authority, which is exousia. Exousia, it means the power to command submission. So when Jesus cast out a demon, he addressed it and he commanded submission. When we were given authority to him in Jesus' name, I'm wearing his badge What do you call that when you send somebody from the United States to be a representative in another country and they actually live there? An ambassador? Did you know that an ambassador has authority? Just almost the same as if he was the president of the United States. He can speak on behalf, that's why it's very dangerous to send a, uh, a bad ambassador. He can speak on behalf of our nation. Can you believe that the Bible calls you an ambassador in his name? You are an ambassador and a a representative of Jesus Christ on this earth. And he gives you the power of his military through your command. Are you guys okay? Say authority. So I want to give you this, uh, this, uh, Well, I'll just give you some points here. Number one, authority comes from obedience. Authority comes from obedience. Did you write that down? Authority comes from obedience. Obedience comes through relationship. So obedience comes through relationship. I don't know if I'm obedient unless I understand what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do unless I'm close to the person that is, you know, so obedience comes through relationship. Relationship takes time to develop. Authority takes time to grow into. It's a process to move in authority. I was uh, asked one time to go to a home. They called and they said, "Our house is, is haunted. Uh there's a spirit of anger that's living in our house. And could you please come lay hands on our house and then all our problems will go away? Sure. So I go over to their house and um I said, I can pray for your house. And I'm in there in about 15 minutes of talking with them, I'm thinking. This isn't a house issue. This has nothing to do with their sheetrock. It has everything to do with them. I prayed for their house. I did the whatever. Get done. I said, that was good, but the reason why I'm here is because of the things that you have in your heart. And God is saying, if you want peace, it's time to dismantle that. And you can live in peace today. And they let me talk to them. And they decided to humble themselves. And they ended up crying and forgiving each other. I prayed with them. God set them free. And you know what? The peace of God remained. Say this the church has authority 2 Corinthians 10:3 and 4 says this for though we walk in the flesh we are not carrying our cells uh, carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons i am so glad that god gave us equipment to get through this life if i need my cell group to go to grow I know that I can invite people, I need to do that, but if it's not growing, I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to begin to declare and do warfare until I see that baby begin to grow, because God said it will. He said He gave me authority. He said I could move mountains in faith. He said, I could take authority. Elijah prayed for rain. We can pray for a wayward child. We can pray for a marriage. We can pray for finances. God can give us a revelation. He can give us insight. He can speak to us. He can change my situation in one day through the tools and equipment of heaven. Though I live in the flesh, even though I'm a normal person, I don't carry on warfare like a normal person. I do it through the use of heavenly weapons. I've shared these many stories before, but they're fun. Times that the church was tight when we first started it, we had an average attendance of about 25 or 30 people. And... uh, I would, and the Lord promised me that He would cover all our needs if I came here. So I resigned from the software industry, which some people say that, you know, that could be a good industry. Just kidding. It can be. Software engineering is a, is a wonderful industry. And I left that in faith and came here. And there wasn't enough money for the month. You ever been there? So I could either get bitter and, and sorrowful and get mad at God and, and uh, I, could, I, can, I can get into self-pity. Ever, anyone here ever been in self-pity? Come on, isn't that a good place? And then you always want to invite your friends to come along. Come on into my party. Oh, God, let me down. <laughs> oh, come sit and have a coffee with me. We're going to have the God-let-me-down party. Oh. Or I can get into the truth of the Word of God again, the truth. Say truth. And I can say, I don't know what's going on, but the truth says. But the truth says. Come on. But the truth says. Come on. But the truth says. I, I think I need to talk to this group here. But the truth says. The truth says, the truth says, my God shall supply all my needs. And I need to realize there's an enemy, a foe out there that's trying to discourage me. So I can get into self-pity or I can stand on the truth and I can get in my office and lock down and say, I'm not coming out of this office until I see a breakthrough. And I begin to do war in the spirit. I begin to cast uh, and I take authority over, over, over demonic spirits and begin to take authority until I feel a shift in the spirit, until I feel that breakthrough and know that God is God and he's going to reign in my finances. Something happens, and it happened time and time and time again. I'd lay on the floor, and I'd stretch out before the Lord, and I'd call on Him, and I'd do warfare, and I'd pray, and I'd, I'd, sometimes I'd sing, sometimes I'd shout, sometimes whatever, and I'm doing warfare until all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes, and when I feel that release and change, I know that God came in and opened the rain again. Amen. And that happened time and time again. And Tammy would call me and say, it's the craziest thing. Someone just dropped off a check for $5,000. And I'd go, (laughs) So you can get into self-pity or you can live by the truth and demand the truth to overcome you, to... To encompass you, to surround you, to fill you until the truth is setting your destination and not the lie of the devil. Anybody awake in here? Come on. We're talking about authority. When we understand we have authority, we have it, it, when we understand we have authority, it all of a sudden it opens us up into a venue of unlimited possibilities. My marriage can change, my kids can get saved, my finances can change, everything can change with God. All things are possible. It took the disciples three years. I think sometimes God. Uh, I think sometimes Jesus was saying, "Would you guys come on?" Well, one time he said to them, how long do I need to be with you? He's trying to teach them faith. He's trying to teach them authority. He's trying to teach them faith. He's trying to teach them authority. And one time they're in a boat and he's sleeping. You remember this? And the winds and the waves are coming. This is the perfect training ground. They're terrified. Jesus is sleeping. But on the inside, Jesus is like, it's good training. A little bit of terror is good for the soul, you know? So they wake up, Jesus, we're going to die. You ever been there? We're going to die. We're going to die. Here's Jesus right there. I mean, he's right there. We're going to die. It's the craziest thing. They wake him up. He gets up, and he looks at them. He stands up. And he rebukes the winds and the waves. That's that word, that expression of authority, commanding submission. And then he looks at them as and addresses them, he addresses them as if they should have done what he did. He was training them for life. Now, Jesus. Dies, he resurrected, he goes to heaven, and the disciples are still there, but now I guarantee you next time they're in a ship in the middle of the storm, guess what they're doing? Because they learned their lesson that life isn't just a bunch of circumstances and which way the wind blows, but it's when I take my authority as a man of God, I begin to be the agent of change. Thank you. Amen. Come on. My neighbor won't get saved. Oh, yeah. Watch this. I'm going to fast and pray and I'm going to begin to believe. I'm going to lay hands on his house when he's not home. I'm going to throw anointing oil on his sidewalk. I'm going to do everything it takes. I'm going to bring him cookies. I'm going to love on him. I'm going to mow his lawn. I'm going to do warfare in the heavens until Joe Smith gets saved. Amen. Because my weapons of warfare are not carnal like the world, but they are mighty through God. Amen? It says mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are thoughts that hold you captive. Strongholds are thoughts, demonic thoughts. They're thoughts, and when you give way to those, those demonic, dark thoughts... And you give in long enough. A spirit will attach itself to, that, to that, that stronghold, to that thinking. Does that make sense? So they can't get out of it just by having a good day. They need to start seeking the Lord. God begins to show that to them. Or they need someone in their life to intercede for that person so the blinders come off. Say authority. All right. I need to wrap this up. Psalms 23. You guys all know Psalms 23. The Lord, remember Keith Green, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green. Okay, never mind. Mark Netherland would be like, "Yeah." Keith Green The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he, what? I soul, righteousness for his name's sake, walk through the valley of the shadow of death for thy what? Thy what? Stand up real quick, Simeon. Thy rod and woo glory. Somebody give him a couple hundred dollars for that answer. <laughs> Thy rod is the Hebrew word Shibet. It's a rod. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear now evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, say rod. rod. Shabet. Shabet. Thy rod. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> that represents the power of God. Thy rod, it would actually be used to defend against wolves. Whack! Thieves? Whack! It brought power in the shepherding. And then thy staff. Meshina. That's the Hebrew word. Talking about the staff. You have the rod and the staff. That helps them walk down the trail, so there's comfort, you're not going to fall. There's comfort... And it also means authority and leadership. And David is looking at Jesus, he's looking at God, saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he gets down, he says, and even though I go through a dark valley, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And as a believer, you have a rod and a staff that he's given you in the New Testament. It's called a zuzia authority, and dunamis, power. So you can walk stable, you can take authority, and you can move in power. And it was the gift from God after the resurrection that you have power, and He spoke and He said, I give you authority. Both are yours. It's interesting if you look at hockey You have a hockey player, big buff guy, kind of like me, huge guy, muscles rippling everywhere, skinny waist, and he can go and he can chuck someone and send them flying, hockey player. But you can take the referee, he can be some skinny little guy, has a whistle, and all he has to do is go beep, and everything stops. You don't have to be a superstar. All you need to do is know Jesus and know your authority, and you can move mountains. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I'll finish the rest of this another time. So we can be held captive by lies. We get hurt in life. Uh, I don't want to get hurt anymore, so there's a pride that begins to develop there. So if anybody gets near that area, I'm going to shut down or I'm going to pull away or I'm going to get angry. And that can affect my walk with God, that can affect my authority, that can affect things. And and I believe that the Lord, I'd like the ministry team to start coming up here. I believe that the Lord wants to deliver some people today. If you feel like you're being held back, maybe there's some junk in you. And you want to move in the authority you know God has called you to walk in. You want to, you want to walk in, uh, you want to be in healthy relationships, you want to be in a healthy arena, and you feel like there's been some bondages in your life. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to set you free today. Maybe you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, but you feel held back. I think God wants to set you free today how many want to live on another level? Amen. I'd like you to say this. Say power. power. Say authority. authority. Say truth. truth. Let's try that one more time. Say power. power. Say, say this. Say I have power. I have, power. I have, authority. I have authority. And I have, truth. I have truth. Amen. Isn't that good? That's good. Well, go ahead and stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was in uh, Brazil and I'll share this and dismiss. I wanted to pray one night for the eyes and the legs and all the crazy stuff so. It's just, it's, it's fun to see that manifestation happen right in front of you. And we've seen a lot of it. I've seen tumors disappear, all kinds of crazy stuff. And the Lord said, no, you're going to pray for people that have memory issues and mind issues. And I said, Lord, that's really hard to, like, see something happen. But what was on the heart of God, there was a lot of people that were held captive because of those issues and his heart is so big it's great we've seen many legs healed we've seen metal disappear we see all that stuff but to send people home with the same framework of thinking would be sad so I spoke to the people and people began to line up in front and I was surprised how many people got in my line for issues in the mind memory issues, anxiety, tormenting thoughts, tormented in their mind. I stayed there and prayed till super late that night. Many people were set free from demonic things they never thought they had, and the power of God came, and they were delivered right there. Many came back the next day to tell the stories of how Jesus set them free. I think God wants to set people free here this morning. And I think God wants to use you to set other people free in your workplace and in your community. How many want to see God use you? How many want to see God use you? How many want to see God use you? Amen. All right. Father, we just pray right now for your sweet presence to come. We thank you that the church is not some limp thing. But you said that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, that it's mighty and it's powerful. The people of God are mighty and powerful. They're endued with power. They're gifted. So, Father, we just pray for the people. We pray, Lord, that you would touch them and bless them, help them to come into a new level of authority, power, and truth, that we build our life on what the Word says, not what religion says, not what tradition says, not what the media says. Lord, we renounce lies right now. We renounce the lies from the media. We renounce religious lies that hold us back. And Father, we pray that the power of God would come mightily now in each person's life in the name of Jesus Christ. How many can say amen to that? All right. If you need prayer, I know God's going to set you free. I'm sensing that up here uh, in the mind, in the heart. If there's bitterness, whatever, I believe God wants to set you free. So let God have that opportunity to touch you. Amen? Amen. So come forward if you need prayer. Otherwise, be dismissed. Enjoy your day. Come see us in Chippewa tonight. It'll be an awesome time. God bless you.